0: Hey all, and welcome back to Ecolution. We started this new season with quite a serious episode. Today, it's all about exploration. Often, confronting the climate crisis head-on can feel like a lonely experience. And that's why it's so important that we share our worries, our strengths, and our hopes for a better future with those around us. And one way to do that is to take part in larger-scale community events, beyond what you do at home. My mum is actually involved with Connecting Cabra, a grassroots organisation of people who want to work in the community where we live to share and explore how we can do things better. We'll talk to her at some point later on in the season, and probably straight after I've recorded this episode. Mum, what are we having for dinner? Well, sometimes all you need is a focus, a reason to celebrate all that's great about the world around us. So a few weekends ago, our roving reporter Aoife O'Neill headed to Phoenix in County Kerry to check out a brilliant local festival, Wild Mind.
1: Uh, My name is Mike O'Neill. I'm one of the organisers of Wild Mind Festival. Wild Mind really is about getting communities together to think and talk about how we're living, can we do better, and getting people to take a bit of time to think about, you know, can we do things a different way I suppose it's about community at the end of the day we interact with loads of communities we have to reach out to people who are speakers or giving a talk on something or showing a film and you get a network going of people who are telling stories and Wild Mind is a way for people to bring it all together over a weekend where we can exchange ideas and help people with their thinking about making small changes in their lives because sometimes we can be overwhelmed by information and negativity but at the same time we have to have the hard conversations kind of uh, Serious fun, I suppose, is how I would describe Wild mind, in that, you know, you can have a serious conversation, but at the same time, five minutes later, you could be having some fun at some entertainment. So, yeah, Wild Mind is about people at the end of the day, and it's about improving how we live and how we treat the planet.
0: Phoenix is a coastal town in the far southwest of Ireland, just to the north of Tralee Bay. And so, the sea is an integral feature to all who visit it, but more important still to those who live there, young and old. I'm Thomas Barron, I'm from Phoenix, and I'm nine years old. I went picking today, picking up rubbish. My friend Isabel, we patterned up and it was just about leading up and uh, drawing pictures and making a book about the environment. I won second place in rising and my friend Isabel came second place in drawing. I like swimming and I like to always try to beat my sister jumping into the ocean first. We go to Kelly's Slip and Locks Beach. My story, it's got fresh air. I am going to Kelly's Slip on my scooter. I love the fresh air and the beautiful ocean. Going splash, splash, splash. The coast of Kerry is a great place to jump in for a swim, but it's interesting what you can see when you change your perspective and hop on a boat.
2: My name is Mary Brian Brown, I'm from Phoenix and my husband, Alan and I, we operate the Trulieve Experience or as the boat is known, the Kerry Colleen. This evening we are doing a trip around the harbour. We go around the Wheel Rock and then we'll go over to the lighthouse and we'll come back in then. Phoenix is nestled in a harbour with the Mish Mountains surrounding it and in the distance you can see Mount Brandon. Right, so we're just about to the park, Eddie and Joe are driving and we're just leaving the marina. On my left here, we can see the dredging. There used to always be a dredger here a Samphire dredger. Uh, this bay is a very sandy, silty bay. It has to be dredged every few years for boats to be in for safe passage. And Phoenix is quite a busy port. You can see a comrades bird there ahead of us. They're the regal bird of the sea, so when fishermen see the comrades, they're quite lucky. They're indicative of a good catch. The water is great for swimming, and swimming has come on in leaps and bounds. Uh, We have a big swim every year across the bay, loads of swimmers do it and the money, the fundraising is often for our local lifeboat which is fantastic. Just as we round the harbour here now, you'll see in the far distance, you'll see Blenneville windmill. Blenneville had a massive trade going and ships were in and out, they were delivering cotton and flour and you know that's why the windmill developed. And then as I mentioned about the sand and the silt, that developed and boats then could not go down they were getting caught the merchants wouldn't get paid until their stock was delivered it was by sheer accident that Phoenix here developed as a harbour and a port and it is said that when the Grenville industry collapsed that 1,000 men walked from Grenville to Phoenix to build the pier when I was growing up here fishing was the main industry there would have always been coal boats and timber boats and chocolate boats and sugar beet boats whereas now today there's only a handful left of lobster and crab fishermen They'd be our inshore fleet and sadly there's only one trawler left and that's my husband's. There's not many more trawlers left here. He has seen significant changes in the past ten years. Ten years ago he would have seen a bountiful amount of fish, but sadly there there isn't that anymore. This lighthouse is called Little Sampar Lighthouse. It has the house and then to the left of that the most beautiful light and when you're inside that you can see loop head to brandon head and i always call it there in the bay you see the big mucklock there the big rock there facing you i always call her the guard of the bay because she's between the two headlands she's between Kerry head and brandon head and overhead then you can see our lovely wildlife there all the birds are flying around this evening she was a fully functioning lighthouse for nearly 100 years so the irish lights were they were reducing the amount of lighthouses and then the Kerry County Council then uh, purchased the lighthouse so she's still used today as a navigational aid every lighthouse her signature is the light her light is once every five seconds uh, Wow, my god look at the cameras they're gorgeous Genie, look at that look at the bars that went under that's gorgeous they're feeding now at the moment. And they'll be back up now again in a second. They're a beautiful bird. And they're a wing. They're, they're massive. it comes from the Feena. Now, my nan would say Feenit means the wild and windy place. I suppose us growing up here, we'd believe that as well, because it really is that in the winter. Over there to your far right, it's called the Monk Hole. And that's a nursery for all the stingray, the the blondie rays, we call them, the undiluted rays. So... When people think about the rays, they're a beautiful fish to look at, but they take nine years to develop and grow, and this is their nursery. Due to our geographic location, with the Gulf stream coming in and the warm waters go straight up, there's a channel here right underneath us now between Little Samphire Rock in the mountains, and just off to the right of that channel is the monkhole, and that's where all the, the rays, they grow, and uh, we have a, we a huge industry in the 60s with angling with the rays, but today now they're protected, thankfully.
0: Last year, we spoke a lot about marine protected areas, the Fair Seas campaign, and the importance of allowing space for nature in our seas. Because it's amazing what you can find off the coast of our island, from huge basking sharks all the way down to tiny fish eggs.
3: They're skates. So what's inside each one of those, just like a chicken egg, you've got the yolk, and then from the yolk grows the little baby skate. And when he comes out, he'll have his wings wrapped around him. Aww. He opens up one end, and he comes, and he's a perfect little baby ray. Um, is this from a shark? Uh, these these ones are all skates. Okay. So we have stingrays here in Ireland, but they give birth to live young. My name is Louise Overy. I work in the university here in Traleigh, Um but I'm also with the Irish Elasmobranch Group. Elasmobranchs are uh, the scientific name for sharks, skates, and rays. So all of those uh, amazing species that we have here in Ireland. Tralee Bay is really, really unique, and I have to say I'm very lucky to call this place home. Here in Tralee, we, we know that there's an awful lot of sharks and skates that actually use it as a nursery ground for all of their, their youngsters. So they come in to lay their eggs, to, to leave their eggs in the safety of Tralee Bay. It's quite a sheltered bay with a lot of food going on from all those other habitats like seagrass meadows and seaweeds. So they come in and they, they leave their babies here. So it's a little it's a little preschool for elasmobranchs. Angel sharks, for instance, used to have huge, huge numbers, um, and they have declined. So we've seen a lot of species is kind of declining and what we'd like to do as the, as the project, so the Angel Shark Project Island, we're going to focus on, on angel sharks and working with the community with the, the local fishermen with the local businesses and other uh, people who live here to try and figure out ways that we can try to help them once come back to their previous numbers so, intrinsically, one of the things that makes it so unique and why, why I think the banks love it so much is because we've got a lot of seagrass meadows, so green meadows you can imagine of just swaying eelgrass or seagrass, as we call it, and then vast areas of uh, kind of meadows of seaweeds. And both of these are, not only are they really good for acting as a habitat or a nursery or somewhere for the baby fish and other fish species to hide and to live, but also they're really good at capturing carbon. So um, seagrass meadows capture a huge amount of carbon in amongst their fronds, um, and of course, as we know, carbon, you know, we really need to uh, pull that back down out of the atmosphere and trap it back into it. The... And nature has a huge amount of solutions for us if we just let it give it space, basically. Um, so seaweeds, for instance, like kelp, um, even within the mucus on the seaweed, it's actually helping to capture carbon. So I think if we give nature space, it's got the solutions there for us. I always loved the marine, I used to spend, it was my mum used to call me that, I was a little fish girl, she couldn't get me out of the water. But then there was one summer, this was when I was kind of deciding before university where I wanted to go, and I knew I loved the marine. Um, but there was one summer that I got a, a phone call saying that there were lots of basking sharks, that are coming quite close to shore. Um, so I was amazed and um, I uh, actually went out in the kayak to see these basking sharks, and lo and behold we had an amazing encounter with one of the basking sharks where it came so close. And I just remember I was captured, that was it, that was what I was doing for the rest of my life. I just. Um, Yeah, mesmerised by them. They are just such amazing species. It's really hard sometimes to keep motivated and it's really hard to to keep going and and see positive stories that are coming through but what I would say is focus on active hope rather than getting caught up in kind of that depression and thinking it's too big, it's it's beyond me. um, I'd, I'd focus on the things that you can do, the people you can talk to, the impact you can have. The one saying I absolutely love is if you think you're too small to be significant then you've never been in bed with a mosquito and I just always keep that in the back of my mind when I think I'm only one person what can I do but then actually look at the impacts and those ripples that one person can have so don't let it get overwhelming and just keep trying to do everything that you can and hopefully it'll ripple out as we say smiling is contagious and so so is uh, that really good energy and that hope.
0: There were a lot of speakers at Wild Mind there to meet students and festival goers and talk about how each of us can make a difference and one has been focusing on active hope around our environment for the longest time as well as being the presenter of Eco-Eye.
4: My name is Duncan Stewart. I'm an architect. I suppose I'm an environmentalist for the last 40 years of my life. I was reared in the Dublin Wicklow Mountains, and my mother and father were very interested in nature and, you know, really brought us out into nature, made us appreciate nature. And my mother wrote a lot of songs, and most of her songs are about nature, about wildlife. Like, for example, the curlew which is now an endangered species. It's down to 3% of what the populations of curlews were when I was a child. And um, when I think about it, in that time, we've lost all of these curlews. So right through my childhood, we did appreciate nature. And then when I went to college, I kind of felt this was something we should be talking about in, in college. So when I was 19, I set up a group called Rage radical action for good environment and we were trying to as young architectural students protect the environment in Dublin city, you know, also our heritage our Georgian buildings but we would go out and protest about things like for example one of the things we did back then was Grafton Street in Dublin which is is the main pedestrian street in Dublin now for shopping that was a two way street for traffic and we didn't like traffic on Grafton Street so we decided we'd block it so we protested and we blocked it in both ends for a week. We had a caravan at each end. We would do our studies in there. I was in UCD at the time. And um, we basically took over Grafton Street and made it pedestrian. But then eventually we were told to move off because some of the shops were complaining. And in fact, later it became pedestrianised. So it just shows that you can do things and achieve things.
0: And it seems the festival inspired some local teens to do just that and make a difference in a way that interests them.
2: My name is Iona. And I am Isabel. We're part of Wild Style
3: and we set it up for the Wild Mind Festival in particular. It's a clothes swap and a
2: second hand clothes sale. It's bringing kind of like the young crowd to the Wild Minds Festival. It's promoting that like we don't need to over consume fast fashion brands and like you can bring clothes in that you don't like anymore and it'll give it a new life to someone else. I think it's definitely becoming more popular to buy secondhand because like the vintage is very in now and stuff, and I think it's a really good thing. Like charity shopping is all over TikTok, so I love that. Little things like this will make people more aware of like the impact it's giving.
3: And I think just something simple like this is our way of kind of well trying to do something, do you know? And both of us have a big interest in secondhand clothes and trying to buy secondhand and be conscious of our footprint in that way.
4: The awareness now is massive. It's completely different. And, of course, most of that is coming from young people and from Greta Thunberg, you know, who inspired so many young people. And, you know, a lot of young people now that are kind of interested in this could become Greta Thunbergs here in Ireland. Every local community needs people like Greta. If we're going to deal with these big environmental issues that we're facing, like climate change and biodiversity loss and species extinctions, this will only happen if our young generation take this on, you know, and... Look to the future and see what are these impacts going to be like for us to the future if we don't address these now.
1: We live a life where we separate everything out. We say, okay, that's art, that's sport, that's entertainment. When in fact, without a clean environment or a planet that's healthy, none of that works. You can't play your sport because it's too hot, too wet, too windy, and the similarly with art. So everything is dependent on everything else, and that's I suppose it's another thing about wild mind. Is as as things unfold, you realise everything is interconnected. That. All of us as people are connected and our ideas are connected and how our systems are connected. At the end of the day, to me, it's about how are we living. We're, we're, we're not doing a good job at the moment, but I feel we definitely have the smarts and the, the intelligence to turn things around and say, look, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, We're all here for one life. How am I living it? How can I make it better? How can I make it better for other people who are less well-off?
0: One way I've made a change is to try and grow fruit and vegetables in our garden. I'm not great at it, but there's no such thing as perfection in a garden. We're going to a programme later this series about where our food comes from and question how often we think about changes we might make in what we eat. Well, someone in Phoenix who's intent on helping start that conversation is Thomas.
5: My name is Thomas O'Connor and I own and run Manna Organic Farm and store in Kerry. We have mixed organic farm and we have apple trees and fruit trees and we grow vegetables and salads and we have chickens and bits and pieces, very mixed. Food sovereignty is about more than just the food you're eating, it's about knowing where the seed is coming from and either growing and saving the seed yourself by turning around and knowing the knowledge that it takes to grow the vegetables and having the practical experience. So the food is more is more in your own control, it's not imported and grown by someone else. And if it is then at least you know that person or his community and where it's coming from. Because food you grow yourself tastes way way better. So lettuce seeds you can grow in box anywhere. And uh, kale is fantastic because you plant and you can harvest off it for a good bit of the year and it's very tough. And then if if you leave it go at this time of the year, after you've eaten a good bit of the kale off it, it goes to flower and it brings in loads of pollinators and insects. And if you leave it a little bit longer till May or June, it produces loads of seeds so you can save them again next year. Learn to grow your own food, start to understand about the soil, and just go back to nature and love nature. It's as simple as that, like, and it's fun. It is really good fun. Once you like a microscope, if you can see the biology and the little critters that are happening and underneath your feet, and they're really what are feeding the plants, you know, and understanding that everything is connected, you know, if we don't have good healthy soil. We don't have good, healthy animals. We don't have good, healthy people. And, you know, growing food is great fun. Yeah. And you get to eat it as well, which is fantastic.
0: Reaching people through their bellies is always a good move. I mean, who doesn't like food, right? But Duncan feels that at the root of our slowness to change is a lack for education on the climate crisis, for all of us.
4: I think climate education in schools is not enough. There's some really good teachers all over the country that want to bring this into the classroom. But the curriculum is not dealing with it enough. You know, our Department of Education needs to act on this issue. Our young generation going through school at the moment, most of those kids will live into the 22nd century. And when they get to 2040 or 2050, things are going to get very, very bad. And we need that information to be out there and we need to focus on the solutions in schools. So We're trying to do that with our Eco Ed for All programme that we've launched. Uh, about 12 of us came together together. To develop this curriculum. It's a short course on environmental issues and it's there primarily for transition year, but it could be applied to any class in any year in school. EcoedForAll dot com is our website and it's there for anyone to look at. And if you could introduce the idea to your teacher, they might like to join up, it's free. They can bring these small 20-minute small videos into their classroom on everything from climate change to biodiversity, nature, into waste and with air pollution, water pollution, agriculture, transport, heat, power, all of these issues on small 20-minute videos. I was talking in a big school down here in Tralee just about an hour ago. The school's name is Mount Hawk and it's a really good bunch of, of young people there. We talked about these issues of climate change, we, we discussed the solutions to it, and one of the teachers then asked me at the end, What's the most important thing that we can do? You know, now, I'd got, I had talked about transport, for example, because transport is out of control in Ireland in terms of our missions. And unfortunately, in Ireland, we're depending on the car too much, especially for students going to school in the morning, being driven by their parents, you know, rather than taking the, the, the bus, or cycling, or walking. And um, we need to kind of switch away from the car to public transport and to cycling. So the most important thing that I felt that they should do when I was asked the question was really try and get, first thing, get traffic calming measures within, say, two kilometres of every school in Ireland. And also then for cycle lanes and better facilities and somewhere to lock up bicycles in the school i think that's probably the most important thing that young people can do
0: and cycling is something that's been embraced hugely over the past few years in phoenix
1: 2023 is our third wild mind we had one in 2018 2019 and then covid got in the way of the other ones and in that time we now have a greenway it ends or begins in Fiena depending which direction you're going in so it's been a, just a fantastic asset to the village on so many levels so it's literally the festival is, is on, the, on the on the greenway you could say so people arriving into Fiena over the weekend are arriving into a, a festival village and the message is going out that you can now cycle safely from Fiena to Tralee and truly outwards all the communities can now access the line and we hear people complaining about parking and the problems of parking but the problems of parking are created by us and therefore we can find, it's us that's going to find the solutions so a greenway to me is one of the solutions to parking, get out of your car get on your bike, Yeah, sometimes you might get wet but you you know you'll have a better experience, you'll be healthier happier and you won't have to worry about where you're parking when you get here
0: one of the keynote speakers at Wildmind and previous guest on Ecolation was Porig Fogarty, campaign officer for the Irish Wildlife Trust, and he too is someone who's felt connected to nature for a long time, and so he's often troubled by changes he's seen in his lifetime. But again, this has spurred him into action.
6: I grew up next to the Phoenix Park in Dublin and I remember it was a hot summer and the eels were getting trapped in the little ditches because the water was running out and myself and some of my friends went down with buckets and we rescued the eels and we put them into the, the nearest River, probably about seven years old at the time. Whether you're a young person or an old person, the best antidote to uh, depression and despair is to get active, to get involved, to find other people who, are, uh, who care about this the way you do and start doing stuff. there is lots of things to do and then you discover that there are lots of other people who care about this stuff and then all of a sudden you're doing fun things on a Saturday or you're going to festivals or you're getting involved and that's enormously rewarding and and satisfying. I think we won't solve any of these problems without uh, that sense of community, uh, without talking to our neighbours about it, uh, without bringing it into our lives and bringing it to a very local area so festivals like this are absolutely fantastic uh, and really important as well.
0: Thanks so much to Mike O'Neill and all of the other organisers of Wild Mind for having us down, and all of the wonderful speakers who gave time to Ecolution. Sometimes it's hard to cover all the country, but we know that there's amazing things just like Wild Mind happening all over the place. Great activities to do with the environment, biodiversity and the natural world. And it's vital that everyone in our communities takes an interest, from the kid who goes on a beach clean to an adult who wants to change how they grow their food or engage with politicians, This sense of community means that we have a shared responsibility but also that we have company in the effort and it's an effort that's vital.
4: If if I look at where we're going in the future and yes you can look at the really serious problems that we're facing unless we make the changes, the big changes that we need to make. But I am hopeful about one thing, that is our young people because I see our young people being very aware of what the problems are and want to know there's a hunger there to learn. And they want the information, and they also want to know what the solutions are. So that's my hope, that that young generation will rise up and and be heard and be listened to. They need to be listened to by our government, by our politicians, by our parents. Everybody needs to listen to young people because it's their future. We want the best for our young generation. But if we go on as they're doing, we're stealing our young generation's future. And that's really serious.
0: This week, Ecolution was recorded and edited by Aoife O'Neill, written by Nikki Coughlin and presented by me, Evie Kenny. Oh, and once again, could you like and review the show wherever you get your podcasts? It really does make a difference. If you enjoyed this podcast, RTE Junior has tons of podcasts for kids of all ages. Simply search for RTE Junior Radio
3: and have a listen.